right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host and I'm so glad that you're here. What are we doing on the show? Well, this is the show dedicated to helping you learn and understand both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking recruiting. So join me for the journey. I'm so, so happy that you're here. We're talking about valuation. That's what we're on right now. So we just went through the major three valuation methodologies, comparable companies, precedent transactions, and discounted cash flow analysis. If you don't know what those are, go back to the last episode and I talk about that. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, there's some other valuation methodologies other than those three. And these are a little bit more niche situations, but just things that you want to be aware of if you're going into investment banking. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. There are a handful of these that I want to cover today. So first of all, we have something called sum of the parts, sum of the parts, and some of the parts analysis. You might hear that phrase. Now, this is a valuation methodology that's useful if you have some kind of conglomerate or a business that owns different divisions with very different economic characteristics. Now, the popularity of conglomerates has waxed and waned over business history, but in general, there's always some kind of conglomerates out there. You can think of companies like General Electric or Berkshire Hathaway as modern examples of conglomerates, although General Electric is kind of splitting up now, but uh, <laughs> in general, it's a good example. So before breaking apart its business, General Electric had several divisions. It had an aviation division where they made jet engines. They had a healthcare division where they made all sorts of medical equipment that was very sophisticated. They had a power division related to oil and gas, and they also had other lines of business. At one point, they even had a transportation business. Now, for example, the healthcare part of the business, you might value that very differently than the aviation part for example. And you could think of this as trading at different multiples. Maybe the aviation business trades at 10 times EBITDA or in the healthcare business trades at 15 times. So you can value each part of the business separately and then add them back up to get the overall value of the corporation. So that's a sum of the parts analysis, literally just breaking things apart and adding them back together. That's what the valuation methodology is at its core. Another method of valuing a company is something called liquidation value. Now, what does it mean to liquidate something? It means to sell it off, to turn it into cash. When we say a market is liquid, we mean that there's lots of buyers and sellers and lots of cash is moving around. When you say an asset is liquid, that means you can turn it into cash very quickly. So bonds or stocks are relatively liquid because I can go on my phone right now and click sell. And within literally seconds, I can have the cash in my accounts. Um, something like real estate is not liquid because you know, I would have to find a buyer and I'd probably have to get a real estate agent. It would take a while to sell. So turning that asset into cash is a little bit harder than turning something like my shares of stock in my broker's account into cash. So that's what we mean by liquidity. So liquidation value helps you understand the business from the lens of asking the question, what would this company be worth if I just sold everything today? What would it be worth if I sold everything today? And here with this method evaluation, the balance sheet, remember our three financial statements, the balance sheet is super important. What is the equity 
on the balance sheet worth to shareholders if all of the assets are sold and all of the liabilities are paid. This method is most common in bankruptcy situations because we have to ask ourselves the question, okay, should this company sell itself in its entirety? Should it sell off various assets individually? What's going to be most beneficial for the clients? And so that's liquidation value. Next, we have M&A premiums analysis. And here M&A stands for mergers and acquisitions. This one honestly feels a little similar to the precedent transactions methodology that we talked about in the last episode. And essentially what is done here is you look at the premiums paid in prior deals and essentially you back calculate by figuring out the worth of the other firm using some other valuation method. And then you compare what the premium paid was as a guideline for valuation of the current deal. So you're kind of looking at these premiums of existing of existing deals. So very similar in my mind to precedent transactions methodology. Okay, we're going to keep going with these. So the next valuation methodology is called replacement value. And just like it sounds, it's valuing the company based on the cost of replacing its assets. So for example, a factory may be on the books for $10 million, but if everything burned down tomorrow and the company had to be rebuilt, what would it actually cost to build the new factory? Well, it might be $10 million, but it might also be more than $10 million or shoot, maybe even less depending on the situation. So replacement value looks at the value of a company from the lens of what would it cost to build everything from scratch again, essentially. The next method evaluation that I want to cover is called future share price analysis. Future share price analysis. This is similar to the comparable companies methodology. So if we look at a comparable company that's publicly traded and look at the valuation multiples of that business, for example, price to earnings, EV to EBITDA, for example, and then we take those multiples and then we discount back to the present value based on the target company for this deal, then we are essentially back calculating the value using a combination of a DCF analysis and a comparable company multiple. Does that make sense? Essentially what we're doing is we're looking at these comparable companies, we're finding that multiple. So let's say we're doing a deal with Coca-Cola and we see that a comparable company to Coca-Cola is Keurig Dr. Pepper. And Keurig Dr. Pepper is currently trading at, I'm just making this up, 17 times PE, for example. So let's say, okay, we want Coca-Cola to be valued at 17 times at a certain point in the future. So what earnings level would that be? And then we can discount that back to the present and then look at what we think Coca-Cola is worth today based on that analysis. That's my understanding of it. There may be more nuances to it that I'm not getting fully, but I see it as this combination of DCF analysis and comparable company multiples. And then the last valuation methodology that I want to cover today is LBO analysis, where LBO stands for leveraged buyouts. And with this method, we're looking at the valuation from the perspective of a private equity buyer, also known as a financial sponsor. You might hear that term, financial sponsor. And what they're looking to get is an internal rate of return on their deals that's pretty high. So for example... 
you'll hear the numbers thrown around maybe 20 to 25% annual rate of return, which is very, very good. So based on the deal at hand, how much could this buyer pay in order to hit that required rate of return for their clients? So because they want high rates of return, private equity firms are typically willing to pay less than other buyers, typically known as strategic buyers. And strategic buyers, that just means that they're corporations that are not in the business of deal making. For example, like your typical company, like a Procter & Gamble or an AT&T, those businesses are in the business of consumer products and telecommunications, respectively. They're not focused on making deals, whereas PE firms are focused on making deals. So they're going to want to pay less money for businesses in order to get that higher rate of return. And also strategic buyers are a little bit slower to execute than PE firms, uh, but they usually have more capital available to make a deal. So with those nuances aside, an LBO analysis is essentially looking at it like, hey, if we leverage this company up with debt and we optimize for increasing our rate of return, how valuable is the company based on that analysis and how little can we pay? So that's another lens that you can look at in order to value a business. So those are some of the less common but also important methods of valuing a company. And now that we've covered both the top three valuation methodologies, discussed the differences between them, as well as some other valuation methodologies, I want to talk to you next about some common multiples that you're going to need to know or ratios, whatever word you want to use in order to better understand valuation. And that's going to come up in the next episode. For now, this is Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason. I'm your host. And I'll see you next time.